The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with now. Dominique DePrima on First Things First. Wow, there is so much going on, but yet and still the 45th president, he who shall not be named, finds a way to make me laugh out loud. Uh, you know that his former attorney, um, the leader of the Cuckoo Caucus, well, I shouldn't say caucus because she's not a lawmaker, she's an attorney, but anyway... She is has accepted a plea deal from um, Georgia prosecutors around the um, RICO charges that are being brought against the former president. Sidney Powell, um, you know, has accepted a deal. She's going to she's going to testify against the former president. <laughs> and yesterday on Truth Social, the former president said she was never his attorney. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just, I know the guy lies a lot, but um, it's just astounding to me when you lie about something that is provably true and that was broadcast to everybody repeatedly. There's so many pictures of her standing behind you at press conferences, conferring with you. Um Ms. Powell was not my attorney, never was, he says. Despite fake news reports to the contrary, she was one of millions and millions of people who thought in ever-increasing numbers still think that the 2020 presidential election was rigged. He's, he's doing quite a tap dance there. He's um, sort of defending her, but also throwing her under the bus at the same time. I, I wasn't planning to talk about that. It's just the blatantness of that lie, just really quite hilarious. Um, so now there are nine different people that would like to be Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, but yet we don't have a Speaker. I think uh, it's been over three weeks with no Speaker of the House, which is quite crazy um, and problematic. Uh, Tom Emmer is the GOP whip. He's He wants to be Speaker. So do a whole bunch of other people. They got to get to 217 votes to win. It looks like, I don't know how you do that with nine people in the running. Um, they've got to get somebody, though. This is getting ridiculous. Okay, it's been two weeks. It feels like three. Uh, this guy, Emmer, is from Minnesota. He's, you know, normally would be considered a um, viable candidate. McCarthy's backing him although he's saying he might run again himself. What? You're backing Emmer, but you might run yourself. I want what they're smoking. Um, he, you know, it's, I, I don't see an end in sight. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I don't see how you get to 217 votes. The closest one repeatedly has been, um, Hakeem Jeffries, but there's no way that Republicans, not even five of them, because he's been at 212 every time, not even five of them are going to defect because they will get ideologically cudgeled for doing so. Um, but meanwhile, um, you know, we, it's the, we are the laughing stock of the world. You just can't not have a speaker. 
You just can't get a slim majority in the House and then not know how to govern. I mean, they are basically like Brian McKnight starting back at one. Sorry about that. Brian McKnight was in the in the news this weekend again, because apparently he renamed himself after his new infant child. Because, I mean, just be like George Foreman. George Foreman got a bunch of kids named George. He didn't have to diss one George to name another George. He just kept going George, 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 George. Do that. Why diss your, your you know, original Brian McKnight? Uh, it's just so weird. Anyway, he apparently, um, and, you know, and I, I'm a person that still loves Brian McKnight's music, even though a bunch of people are now. I heard on the internets saying, uh, no more, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not going to buy any more of his music. They're not going to listen to. And, and by the way, it's not just black women anymore. So he has a second Brian McKnight, a uh, Brian Kainoa Makoa McKnight Jr. Uh, with his new wife, 10 year old, 10 month old, excuse me, son. Um, and so Brian McKnight, uh, senior, changed his name to Brian Kanoa Makoa McKnight Sr. So that he now has the same exact name as his youngest uh, born son. And he did it to distance himself from his first union, Brian Kelly McKnight Jr., which who was born out of his first marriage to a black woman, his college sweetheart, Julie McKnight. Um, that's so unnecessary so extra but I I love the way um the first junior responded just saying that you know he doesn't blame uh the baby the 10 month old that he considers him his brother more or less saying when when the baby figures out what ha- what's happening he'll be welcomed into the larger McKnight family and he has a new album, um, Brian Sr., called McKnight Time Lullabies, an album for my son. Even if you are wildly and happily in love, which I'm happy for you, Brian. He was on this show for a few minutes. Even if you're wildly in love and happy and joyous, I'm, I'm happy for you. He looked great when he performed for this radio station. He looked fit um, and all that stuff. He sounded great. It's just not a good look to diss your black family as soon as you get another, you know, when you get an Asian family. That's divisive and terrible. It makes people not like you. It it seems like self-hate. It seems like hatred of black people. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't met his wife. She looks quite beautiful, his new wife and his Former wife looks beautiful too, but I think um, it's just bad. It's bad for black people. It's bad for you as a black person. It's bad for little Kanoa Makoa because now they become the symbol of something that is not their fault or their problem. It's bad. It's just bad for your ancestors as you throw the black part of your family under the bus and the black part of yourself. Be in love. Celebrate. Does, celebrate doesn't mean you have to diss other people. And I, even though, you, you know, he's, he's had these falling outs with his first batch of children, 
Why does it have to be public? I got to say, it doesn't make me want to listen to the lullabies. Even in, you know, even from the voice of one of the most gifted vocalists of our time. I mean, he's truly phenomenal. I don't know. The black team would like to trade <laughs> Brian McKnight Sr. for, got to think about that one. Um, yeah, I digress. Really, 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 really um, sad about what's happening in Israel and uh, Palestine. The humanitarian, first set of humanitarian um, trucks did get through on Saturday. It's about 20 trucks. It's, uh, it's, it's good, but, it, you know, you're talking about millions of people. So 20 trucks is not going to cut it, but it's a start, okay? Um, and then another set of, I believe, 12 or 14 trucks, 14, uh, went through on yesterday. Uh, and then we saw an uptick in the bombing. Um, and it looks really worrisome that this could spread. Um, uh two, you know, two small humanitarian um, shipments let in and then just massive bombing today all over Gaza, including places where, um, according to the Associated Press, where Palestinian civilians had been told to go for safety. Um, and despite those two humanitarian efforts, Still no fuel. Talk about this and more when we come forward. 800-920-1580. It's KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So it becomes more and more um, just sad and more and more worrisome, this uh, conflict in the Middle East, Israeli war pl planes are now um, hitting targets inside of the West Bank, as well as Gaza, plus Syria and Lebanon. Um, of course, Hezbollah is inside of Lebanon. That's another militant group um, with their own rockets and their own weaponry, separate from Hamas. Um, and, 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 the Prime Minister of Israel, the their the guy I call their Trump, um, although he arguably makes Trump look reasonable, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, um, said on Sunday that if Hezbollah jumps into the war, he says, quote, it will make the mistake of its life. We will cripple it with a force it cannot even imagine. He says the consequences for it and the Lebanese state will be devastating. And I believe that. I mean... Now, um, on October 7th, Hamas hit Israel, a terrible attack on civilians, and hundreds of people died, and people are, were kidnapped, and people are still being held um, hostage, and 
from what I understand now, 1,400 people were killed in that, in that assault. Terrible, terrible, terrible attack on October 7th. Now, the figures that I've seen are um, more than 2,700 people have been killed since that day in Gaza. And a lot of those are civilians. Um, if 50% of the civilians inside of Gaza are under the age of 15, that means a lot of those are children. Uh, so this has already escalated way. And, you know, I don't, the, the numbers of wounded are much higher than that. So this has already escalated. And Israel hasn't even gone in with a ground attack yet. They plan to. Well, we don't, they, they, they don't say when, of course they wouldn't. Because, um, you know, it's always the element of surprise, right? Um, but it's troubling. And it could, it could spread so quickly. Uh, I was looking, you know, just looking to look to see the scope of this. Um, Israel is the 15th biggest military in the world by budget uh, at 24.3 billion that they spend an annually. Uh, I think two or three of that comes from the United States. I think it's about 3 billion that we send them every year. Uh, now, of course, um, President Biden is talking about sending them another 14 um, billion. We'll see if that is, is able to get through Congress. But right now their annual budget is about 24 billion. Um, they have a close to 170,000 trained soldiers in the IDF. And um, Hamas is a a, a guerrilla group. We'll call them a guerrilla group. Reap. So we don't really know. Like they don't publish, you know, this is our budget. This is what we spend. They have reportedly thirty to 40,000 soldiers. They have tunnels all underneath Gaza where they store their weapons and launch their attacks from. They rely on a lot of guerrilla attacks. They get their money mostly from Iran but also from places like Turkey, Qatar, Algeria, and Sudan, and Malaysia. So, I mean, I, I think about that just in terms of how this thing could spread, right? Reportedly, they have about $100 million a year to work with, at least. That's what Iran gives them, uh, which is well-funded for a guerrilla group. They also apparently use cryptocurrency to move money around without being detected. And they make money reportedly. I mean, I'm leaning on Western media here. I'm not in there asking Hamas, but I'm uh, looking now um, at some information on Axios and uh, Associated Press um, that they reportedly make money with uh, money make money, selling money, exchanging money. That's one of their hustles. Um, and so this is, we're talking about 
something that could spread rapidly and terribly. The U.S. is already beefing up their military presence in the area. And although we haven't heard any mention of boots on the ground from U.S. soldiers yet from the Biden administration, and I expect they will assure us that there won't be as they have in Ukraine, we're already there. Uh, we can, we, you know, we can argue about why we're there, but we're already there. We're always training, we're always providing weaponry. I don't, I, I don't understand why you need a ground incursion. I really don't. If 2,400 people have already been killed at minimum in Gaza, many more wounded. It looks like, you know, much of Gaza has been flattened. There's been a two-week power outage. And hospitals are scrounging to find enough fuel to keep their generators going so people on life support and, and, and babies in the, you know, NICU don't die. It seems you've made your point. And then some. I don't, I feel like... um I understand the philosophy that you want to obliterate Hamas. And certainly they have the much huger, um, more well-equipped, more trained, more well-funded army. But it's never that simple, is it? You know, ask the U.S. in Vietnam, ask the U.S. in Afghanistan, ask Russia and Ukraine. It's never that simple. And I was sad to see um, the cover of LA Times has an article about how some Jewish Americans feel abandoned by the left. And abandoned because, and I've, as, as Achilles said, I've seen this cycle go th- around and around many times because this conflict goes back to 1948, probably before that, but 1948 was the war that uh, gave Israel all of that territory and then... Um, the uh, Palestinians, uh, the Muslims, Arab Muslims, got certain territories. Then in uh, 1967, there was another war, the Six-Day War, that shrunk um, the Arab territories more. But public opinion seems much more divided. People are much more aware of the human rights atrocities going on in, inside Palestine, of the, uh, the Israeli occupation of the West Bank. And they don't, they don't call it an occupation of Gaza, but I don't see how it's not an occupation if you don't control your own water, electricity, food, your own borders. And so I think it's terrible if people feel that, you know, if Jewish people feel that we don't care about your lives as progressives, that's terrible. It's also wrong. You don't get to kill people. You don't get to kill civilians. You don't get to kill Jewish civilians. You don't get to kill Palestinian civilians. Your lives do matter. But if you're angry with the left, maybe think about why are you aligning with the right? 
How can you run into the arms of a far right wing person like Netanyahu and then be mad at the left for not supporting you? Jewish Americans all over this country have been protesting this weekend saying not in our name. And what they're talking about is the human rights abuses, the occupation. They're talking about the situation before and after the attack by Hamas. Nobody, well, I I suppose there are some people, but nobody that I know on the left condones the murder of civilians by Hamas or anybody else. Certainly not by Israel. I don't think it's a sudden abandonment. I think we do stand. I stand against anti-Semitism and against the killing of Jewish people. And I stand against the the killing of, 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 of Palestinians. And I stand for a ceasefire. Peace. That is controversial. Why? If you want to weigh in, give me a call, 800-920-1580. You're listening to KBLA, unapologetically progressive talk, 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More first things first with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. Think your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominic DePrima right now. Right now. Right now, I think that that really is... Um, polarization, you know, and that, and that's how we're dealing with everything in this country right now, right? It's like everything from dating to um, the Middle East to what's happening in the White House is very black and white in the sense of you're either this or you're that. There's no really solid analysis of, of, you know, Nuance, 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 nuance. It's never that simple. It's never you're all right or all wrong unless it's, you know, God and the devil. Most of us sort of godly and a little devilish and some of them are demonic and we see the little bits of godliness. It's never that simple. And I th- I don't think it's, I feel like people are running into their... um running to their extremes right now. And that's, that's normal in times of crisis, but it feels more intense right now. Um, the retaliation, the retribution uh, for people's differing viewpoints, um, people losing their jobs, losing future jobs as students, uh, people feeling abandoned, feeling like people don't care about their lives. You know, maybe it's because of these polarizing figures. People say, on the internet, they go to extremes and say things like, you know, Palestinians brought it on themselves or that it's Jew- justified to kill Jewish civilians because of the oppression. And neither one of those things are right. Neither one of those things are right. No matter how crazy the inter- internet gets, no matter how harsh the propaganda and talking points become, we have to stay, I feel like, I'll speak for myself. I have to stay anchored to my moral center, my compass, my understanding of what's right and wrong. 
It's wrong to occupy a, a country. The Israel is wrong in a lot of respects. They are in violation of international norms of human rights. And also that doesn't give anybody the right to slaughter 1,200 civilians and kidnap 200 people. It doesn't. Now, how do we do better? You know, I think, I think it's righteous for Jewish Americans and Israelis to want to stand up and, and, you know, make the world acknowledge their loss, their losses, continue to advocate for those hostages to be released. And I think it is right for the world to call for a ceasefire. I'm so encouraged by Jewish people, not just but in America, but all over the world saying, you know what, enough. Enough. Um, we need peace. We need a real two-state solution. That means you control your own borders, your own resources. You have free passage within your sovereign territory. And the Biden administration will not acknowledge that. They want $14 billion for war over there to give to Israel. And a hundred million dollars of humanitarian aid. And let's put that in the context of humanitarian aid in a country that, a, a territory, it's not even really recognized as a country, that doesn't have, that already didn't have resources and infrastructure and now has been bombed to smithereens. How far will that money go? How far will that peace go? 809-20-1580. It's KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come when we forward, come forward includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. power. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. It's it's so it's really sad and it's heart wrenching. You know, I, it's it's almost like I dread, <laughs> I dread the news, I dread the pictures and the video, the carnage. You know, the murder of all of those Jewish people, the killing. Now, see, Associated Press says twenty seven hundred Palestinians have died so far. CNN says forty six hundred. They're they're quoting the um, Palestinian Ministry of Health. And I guess uh, AP doesn't consider that credible. But in any case, it's thousands, right? At least 1,900 of those are children. Uh, 14,000 wounded, they're saying. 1.4 million people driven from their homes uh, in the Gaza. And thousands of Israelis also driven from their homes. Meanwhile, you know, thousands of Jewish Americans... Uh, marching. Um, last week, 500 people were arrested during a sit-in at the U.S. Congress, Jewish people, saying it's time for peace. But yet, our government won't say it. Biden won't say it. Netanyahu will never say it. I was happy to hear uh, the um, Lebanese government saying they don't want war with Israel. The Minister of Information, Ziad Makari, said 
We don't want war. The Lebanese government does not want war. If God forbid this happens, we will work with it. But he also said, we're used to Israel making threats. They constantly threaten us. They quote, Israel has never refrained from making threats and almost every week one or another Israeli political or military official threatens Lebanon and promises to return the country to the Stone Age. Of course, that's where Hezbollah is. So that's, you know, that's the reason that Israel gives. But again, we, you know, you have the president saying he doesn't want this to spread. You have Jewish Americans protesting in cities across the country. There was huge protest in Los Angeles or protests all over the country this weekend. But we are still not allowed to ask for peace. That's controversial. We're still not allowed to ask for, you know, justice. We're not allowed to ask for Israel has a right to defend itself and Palestine has a right to defend itself and have self-determination. That the rights that we ask for one should be the rights that are available to all. Um, and I hope that as the peer pressure of the world is on us, that that will move the needle towards peace towards human rights for all, towards safety for all, you know, and that we can keep this thing from continuing to spread uh, as it has and as it, you know, it's raging right, right now. Um, looking forward to what will seem like a bit of a pivot because it is actually a messy Monday today. We're talking relationships today. Uh, it can't be all war. It can't be all struggle. Well, the struggle at home, let me put it that way, is just as important as the struggle in these streets or on these fields of war. So get ready for a messy Monday. Should have saved Brian McKnight for that because it uh, doesn't get much messier than Mr. Senior at this point. 809-20-1580. Looking forward to that conversation. And I hope you will jump in and don't be shy as we talk with Regina Louise today on KBLA Talk 1580.